0: Hello, hello! Welcome to Post Poet Pop, Episode 6. Coming to you from Louisville, Kentucky's Art FM. This is the first of its kind for this show, as we are interviewing and turning the spotlight on a poet for the hour. Today's featured poet is Julia Ghez. I read with Julia here in Louisville as part of the Speak Social series, alongside poets Christy Maxwell and John James. And not only did I enjoy hearing Julia read her work that night... But talking with her afterward was such a joy. She's the kind of person that carries a truly positive energy, one that doesn't seem to be reactive whatsoever, one that offers a striking familiarity even if you don't know her. She's filled with communal giving and light. She's inspiring, thoughtful, generous, and she seems driven to be a healthy, alive, meditative person, which of course we all know can be really challenging at times, but she makes it look easy. In addition to her poet self, she is also a translator publishing many, many pieces in multiple locations, including the book Equestrian Monuments that she co-translated with the poet Samantha Ziggleboim, written originally in the Spanish by Luis Chavez, who is a Costa Rican poet. That book is published by the press after editions. Julia is also the Senior Managing Director of Design at Teach for America. She lives in Brooklyn, New York with her wife and kids. And today, we're going to mainly focus in on the two books of poetry that she's published with Four Way Books. The first was published in 2019, and it is called In an Invisible Glass Case, which is also a frame. And the second book came out in 2022, that is called The Certain Body. Julia will read you poems from both of these books, we will discuss those poems, and we'll talk a little bit about her translation process, and of course, you will as always, here's some pop music
1: from the Indians who welcome the pilgrims and to the buffaloes who want to rule the plain, like the vultures. Circling beneath the dark clouds Looking for the rain Looking for the rain Just like the city That stagger on the coastline In a nation That just can't stand much more I like the. Forest buried beneath the highway. Never had a chance to grow home. Never had a chance to grow home. And now it's winter. Winter in America. Know the people know it's weather, winter in America. Constitution, a noble piece of paper with free society, the struggle, but they died in vain And now democracy is a ragtime on the corner A hoping for some rain They look like either hoping Hoping for some rain And I see the robins perched in barren treetops They're watching last-ditch races marching across the floor But just like the peace signs that vanished in our dreams Never had a chance to grow home Never had a chance to grow home And now it's winter. It's winter in America, and all of the heroes have been killed or betrayed. Yeah, but the people know, the people know it's winter. in America Say hey. hey.
2: Busy the hands with backgammon. Tell me about the year. The wifely chamomile and clonopin no help. Have a saltine. This is to say I understand. Once submersible, I am now a buoy. Fatigue is the new normal. I really like the idea of pairing that with uh, winter in America. Um... And of course, Tyree Nichols is on everybody's mind right now, and anti-Asian violence in California, and what's played out so brutally in Memphis, and requires us to recall these brutalities in in Louisville, you know, in Dallas, in New York, in Atlanta, in Minneapolis, all over. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's so so much to process, in the. The time that we're given to do that in the space before another event like that uh, occurs is, is really not what it needs to be. Um, right. And I know
0: your, I, your poem doesn't read quite like a, a political poem, let's say, in you know, some, some tradition of political poetry. But I, w- I was struck by the last line, of course, fatigue is the new normal. So, yes. Yeah.
2: I think some of what we're fatigued by now is implicit in this poem that I think really just gets at how hard it is to get through a day, to get through, uh, you know, a moment to get through a season, um, given just some of the strains we're all under and some of the information flows that overwhelm us often with, you know, violence happening on the level of language or at the level of <clears throat> the body or the body politic, but that becomes a lot more explicit in a certain body. And we're not going to talk about those poems, but there's a poem in a certain body called Still Life with Insufficient I, Cloud Storage, mm-hmm. where I literally mourn the cloud that we're sending some of these videos and images up into. And that's work I began after Philando Castile's murder. And then... Returned to in in the wake of George Floyd's um, brutal uh, murder in Minneapolis, which I revisit in another poem called "Him Then" in in the back of the Certain Body. With this winter, in particular, there is this sense that there is a lot of darkness and cold and. Um, and of this season, and and we're all sort of susceptible to falling below the surface of the water time to time, wanting to find ways to float and to stay afloat. And this idea that someone might offer you chamomile and clonopin, um, you know, which may or may not be doing the trick you want it to do, then offering you something simpler you know, and almost like Eucharistic, but obviously very secular saltine there. Um, Creating the possibility that in telling somebody what's on your mind and telling somebody what you're working through might provide some of the alleviation and some of the float um, you're looking for, as well as this like normalization of the fact that what you're feeling, a lot of us are feeling.
1: of valleys, entrances, exits, vestibules, and alleys, Winding and closed, that test the firm nerve, fortune or fatal behind the blind curve, the engine on burn lights flash to a blur speed, work through the earth, make your motor go skrrt, tonight at noon, watch a bad moon rising, identities in crisis and conflict, diamonds blinding, staring at lights till they crying, bone whistle popping from continuous grinding, a wrath and the shapely glass ingredients simpler what you're on your ways to ask zero tolerance to raise the tax it don't matter how your gates is left you ain't safe from the danger jack made way before they made the map or a gps this is p-e-f Lead. Em. i know where i'm going even when it's dark and being let down that road And Earth spinning off its axe. Got Mother Nature doing backflips The natural disasters It's like 80 degrees in Alaska You in trouble if you're not in Onassis It ain't hard to tell if the conditions is drastic Just turn on the telly, check For the news flashing How you want it, bag paper or plastic Lost in translation or just lost in traffic Yo, I don't want to floss I done lost my passion And I ain't trying to climb, yo, I lost my traction they making me break my contents Under pressure, do not shake I'm working while the boss relaxing it but Mr. Taxman, he leaving a fraction, give me back some, matter of fact, next big check it's like that son, I'm around and have to hurt a few men, they probably talk it up as a disturbing new trend, hello. I know where I'm going even when it's dark, and being let down that road, you don't see that something's wrong, earth spinning out of Should've say that hell is slow, am I? N- n- i am an African American. They sell drugs in the hood, but the man he moved, the medicine he moved the medicine. to medicine. He'll prescribe you all men for everything. A low stuffy nose, tell you get some clarity. You know I'm hip to it. And it's hard to claim the land with my great, great, great grands were shipped to it. Look at technology, they call it downloading. I call it downsizing. Somebody follow me. Cause a computer chip, half an astrology, and when the- Could've give you an apology. Should've say hello. I should've say goodbye. Just try to understand how smart and how good am I? It don't matter though until we learn that the world don't turn right. We all oughta scatter up. I know where I'm going even when it's dark and being led down that road. You don't see that something's wrong. Earth's spinning out of control. Everything's for sale, even souls. Someone get got on the phone.
2: Still life with Vicodin. Maybe there is no magic, no technicolor, but inside the seed there is a kingdom. Ask me anything, I will tell you the truth. It is a fatal wound for every wolf and thimble. Even the night watchman is not immune. We may as well sing, George. Inside the throat, a carriage, a pony,
0: a parachute. To transition to still life with Vicodin.
2: Backstory to this poem, which is one of my very favorite, uh, comes from a story that Lucy Brock Broido told me at Columbia, and notes in the, the back of one of her books, that... Wallace Stevens caught a handful of titles that he wouldn't live long enough to write poems for in this notebook uh, called Pieces of Paper. And one of the titles he caught, which is perfect, and it's a work of genius, is Still Life with Aspirin. Oh. And Lucy Brock Broido wrote the poem for that title, and it's simply brilliant. It's simply brilliant leveling in its brilliance and it would take several years after reading that poem to um work up the the nerve to write a poem for her um and that one was still life with vicodin Mm. and this is the most magical poem i've ever written and the most daring and i continue to stand by and marvel at the courage to start my first collection with it
0: a, it is a great introductory poem i think it gives the reader a, a lot of what they need to kind of be introduced to your work i mean it's almost like you're you're initiating a literacy by beginning with that poem i i, I mean i i love the anecdote um about about Lucy broido um, and I know she was your mentor. So yes, yeah, um, and
2: and so many people's mentors. I mean, exactly she was right. just magical. But I will say, like, if you have to summarize this poem or condense it down to, you know, what I hope is the the real takeaway, mm-hmm. uh, it's that we're all susceptible to. Um, Experiencing some of the bleakness and horror and complexity of this world um, in ways that uh, can be really overwhelming. Yeah. And absent any larger agency, absent any, and I I think we should try to find larger. agency and, you know, create access points for, uh, the you know, the body politic to, uh, leverage itself, you know, uh, collectively, uh, to try to gain more agency. Um, but absent that there is this song, there is this singing, there's this honesty about, you know, where we are, what we're going through, what we're seeing and feeling and this connection that opens up. Um, with that, you know, and, and this magic sometimes, you know, if, if this world is not yet what we'd like to work together to make it to be, there's this song in which these magical elements might appear and suggest themselves, even sonically, a carriage, a pony, a parachute. You know, there's this sense of rescue, there's this sense of magic, there's this sense of, of uh,
0: yeah. at
2: the, the worlds we might create in language before we can create them in fact.
0: Right, I love the the last kind of visual or concrete detail being the parachute, you know, kind yes. of safely landing, but, you know, perhaps with a little fear on the way down.
3: While you were sleeping, your babies grew. The stars shined and... The shadows moved, time flew, the phone rang There was a silence when the kitchen sang It's songs competed like kids for space We stared for hours in our maker's face They gave us pics, said go mine the sun and Go gold and come back when you're done Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh While you were sleeping You tossed, you turned You rolled your eyes as the world burned The heavens fell, the earth quaked I thought you must be But you weren't awake, no You were dreaming You ignored the sun You grew your power garden For your little ones And you found Brides for them on Christmas Eve They hung young cane From the Adam trees And danced Uh Uh-oh 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 While you were sleeping I tossed and I turned I closed my eyes But the future Burned through the planet Turned a hair Gray As I relived The day While you were sleeping The money died Machines were Harmless and the earth Sighed The wind You swept sound and gravity brought my love around The oceans rose, sang about decay While the witches flew and the mermaids stayed Full of dreams you overslept In keeping with the quiet through the walls I crept at Walked on tiptoes and darkness swirling over all the kitchen in the early morning. Uh oh, uh oh. I'll never catch up to you. Who sleep so sound? My yawns are useless. My heart beats too loud to go to sleep. My mind's too proud to bed. While you were sleeping The time changed All your things were rearranged Your vampire mirrors face to face They saw forever out into space And found you dreaming in black and white While it rained in all the colors of the night Oh, Oh, I watch the TV's memories, championships managed to see. Can it be my honey between you and me? So I waited for the riddled sky to be solved again by the sunrise and I made a death soup for life for my father's ill-widowed wife. Did you have that strangest dream before you woke? Cause in your gown you had the butterfly stroke. Did it escape you like some half-told joke? When well, you reached for your plume of smoke. Oh,
0: That was Elvis Perkins with While You Were Sleeping. And you also heard two poems from Julia Ghez, This Winter and Still Life with Vicodin, both from her book In an Invisible Glass Case, which is also a frame, which came out on Four Way Books in 2019. Your prior pop came from Gil Scott Heron with Winter in America. I think we were all reminded just how relevant that song still may be. And then we heard from The Roots, with Yasin Bey and Styles P with Rising Down. So next up, we'll hear a couple of more poems from Julia with some discussion around those poems. We'll also hear a translation discussion and some more music. Thanks for listening.
2: Meditation at Calicoon. More and more night... Pretends it isn't spring. What to make of the daffodils then? Hyacinth here and there, wind and rain. So many birds. Of course, they won't stay long. None of this will. Not the night, the cold, the city full of swallows. Not the bridges and rivers not the sea, no God born of the sea foam. not even mothers and sons. This would be unbearable without.
0: This poem that is, you know, it's, is so gentle, but it's also kind of pulling out all of these things. And then we come to not even mothers and sons. This would be unbearable without
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. that poem, by the way, came out in a gorgeous magazine called Iterant, which is run out of Vermont by Bianca Stone and Walter Stone, courtesy of the Ruth Stone Foundation. And um, so that poem is finally out in the world. And same as Still Life with Vicodin um, opens in an invisible glass case, which is also a frame. This is the one I really wanted to open the certain body. Mm -hmm. And I was in the city for um, all that would play out in the spring of 2020 with the shutdown and with the virus sort of raging through, um, you know, our neighborhoods and buildings and homes and bodies um, at the rate that it did early spring. But for some reason, I wanted to work this out as if I was upstate as if I was somewhere else meditating on what was playing out in the city.
0: Right. Because Calicoon is on the border of Pennsylvania. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and I also wanted to sort of play with and push on what spring has been asked to represent in the past that I felt like it was failing had uh, to represent for me specifically in that spring, so this idea of you know greenery and birth and rebirth and light and just the energy that you know coming up and out of you know winter might uh, provide that that boost, we got none of that we got we got more of the like you know cruelty of April that that Elliot uh, talks about and I thought, you know, more and more, meaning increasingly, but also just night growing darker and darker, um, Mm. pretends that it isn't spring, right? It is, but it it really isn't. Um, And then this question, which I really wanted to figure early in the collection and early in the poem itself, you know, what to make of the daffodils then. So on the outside, we're performing spring, but on the inside something very scary is happening and very out of sorts, very out of season, very out of order. Mm. Um, then I I wanted to move into the soundscape, this idea of all the birds we could hear because none of the traffic was covering any of them up. Um, and then I, I wanted to dwell on what seemed like the impermanence of this city that is so robust and so itself and so loud and busy, generally, you know, and I thought, my goodness, none of this will last—not um, the night, not the cold, you know—the uh, city, bridges, rivers, um, and you know, all these things are such huge things, enduring things. Think about, like, you know, something like the Queensborough Bridge, and above that, or in a category, you know, that's. All on its own, this idea that the the final straw might be the fact that even our mothers and sons, even the people closest to us, on whom you know we depend the most, um, will not be spared it, the movement of this impermanence. And mm. that set of feelings, that set of thoughts, disturbing as they are, um, I wanted to touch gently, and I wanted to open out into this broader meditation on
0: you engage in this poem in a process of of like disattaching which then becomes non-attachment and you kind of remove the ego that you know you know moves through life um in a way that you know there is there is a depth to of course and a darkness to and 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 it is still so beautiful translator um, yes you know and and i i think some of the the poems that you've had published and your your co-translation with uh, samantha those poems are incredible and I, i'd love to just hear about the translation process for you and
2: well listen let me begin by saying i love talking about translation with another translator okay. and okay. i my writing practice and my way of being in the world has been fed so much, both by books in translation that I've read and have been reading all my life. I'm the child of an immigrant. And, um, you know, when you look at my father's side of the family, my mother's like multiple languages um, and religions and cultures would be present at, at any shared meal. And so my role as a translator in a very practical way begins at the dinner table. Like super early on. And as the oldest child, like I was picking up, you know, um, for example, French, which my father was speaking. When I graduated from college, I joined Teach for America and was placed in a school that I'll never forget, same district where I went to school in Houston, Texas. And I told Teach for America I would go almost anywhere. They kept me in my hometown, I'm actually, very Grateful uh, for that. And I was placed in a school to teach English and English as a second language, where the student population spoke 42 different languages, wow. came from 70 countries around the world. I mean, and so was like a practical orientation to translation became a little bit more literary there because I would notice some of the texts making decisions being able to read for example the Spanish and the English both pretty well and that I would make differently Um, so fast forward I go to graduate school at Columbia and I was really interested in comparative translation and in which when you got into it, the closer I got, the stranger that would become, the more wonderful that would become, the more complex that has become, um, opening up all qu- kinds of questions about not only aesthetics, but but ethics and my role as a translator, given some of my identities and the identities of the people I translate. Um, but all to say, it, it just opened up this magical world within a world. And then when I was leaving... Uh, graduate school, I think what, what sort of deepened that relationship, um, was I got a Fulbright and I was given a year to go to Costa Rica and to work with various presses and editors and poets and writers who were doing some amazing things down there. Um, and I did interviews and I went out to readings and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd actually visit some of these, um, presses, um, or have, you know, beers with the people who ran them. Um, and I, I learned a hell of a lot Um, in the city, in the capital. Um, But some of the best parts came when uh, my wife, who was my fiancée at the time, um, and I just retreated to a little beach town. And, you know, we'd surf or do yoga during the day. And then like, you know, I'd have lunch and sit down and just try my hand for hours.
1: got feelings in your heart don't let fear of feeling fool you what you see sets you apart and there's nothing
2: 40, all the purple flowers, the way they fall, white and purple falling. See how they turn their skirts, turning their white and purple skirts so that at least they fall slowly, make no sound, beginning soon to yellow,
0: then brown. Now let's talk about 40. It's
2: 10 lines with four words um yeah, on each line. line and it just captures a moment um that I think the rigors and and the horror of the pandemic um would prime me not to miss um and it, it was a moment around my birthday and this was of course the first time I felt like a birthday was some kind of achievement a really remarkable achievement to get to your half birthday or your birthday or to Tuesday or Wednesday you know uh, I really want to celebrate any forward progress at all um, knowing not to <clears throat> take it for granted but um, when there was a second surge um, in the city in the fall of 2020 um, my children would go online for school again I was remote for my work and Costa Rica opened the borders. Again, we had some very good friends who were like family to us uh, there who said, you should come. And this should be where you kind of come together again and um, do some healing. We left the uh, apartment here in the city and, and uh, made our way down. And my wife said, you know, it was the first like full, real breath she'd taken in months. Um, And the scenery lends itself to that. It's really opening. It's really gorgeous. It's really remote. And um, in the lawn, on the lawn at the house where we were uh, staying, right there on the water, um, there was this massive tree, hundreds of years old, that had these purple and white flowers that on my birthday it began dropping. Um, And time just seemed to slow down. And the mercy of that action and its beauty... Um, which is very fleeting, right? Those flowers would only last so long on the ground, but the way they manage that fall um and you know they may as well be gorgeous falling right yeah, yeah you, know, you have a few choices available uh, to you, but that's one of them um really struck me, and that's that's that poem basically came to me um in roughly the form it is now. I probably wrote fifteen or eighteen or max 25 lines uh to get to these and um yeah i like the way you use the word gentle to describe meditation i think there's a real gentleness about this one too
3: Hands on the wheel Let the golden
0: Beck with Golden Age. And before that you heard two poems from Julia Gez. Those were Meditation at Calicoon and then later her poem Forty. Both of those poems come from her latest book, The Certain Body, that came out on Fourway in the latter part of twenty twenty two. You also heard songs from television with their track Days. Was very sad to see Tom Verlaine's recent passing. He is one of the greats in my book. And then after Julia and I discussed her translation modes and, and ways, you heard Richard Howley's Tonight the Streets Are Ours. We've got a f- couple more poems and pieces of discussion with Julia. I'm very honored that she is the first interviewee of Post Poet Pop. Very grateful to her. Grateful to have met her. Grateful to her work. Check her out at juliagez.net. That's J-U-L-I-A-G-U-E-Z.net. So we'll hear from her with Have We Made It Across the Vast Plain of Night and another poem entitled Still Life When All Our Symptoms Seem to Have Symptoms of Their Own and we will end the day with the great Aretha Franklin. Thanks for tuning in. Have We Made
2: It Across the Vast Plain of Night no
0: let's talk about this wonderful poem that you have it's called have we made it across the vast Plain of night and i guess the poem itself is no just one word um the universal word it would seem for most human communication um (laughs) what what you know quickly just what active choice did this take to 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 write this poem and let alone put it in the book right in its sequence i think in its sequencing it's it's perfect um and there's so much here because of the title so yeah i think
2: that's right and i think that as a writer was what i was really playing with is what kind of work what kind of setup can a title um achieve and you know in this first book there there are three poems that are playing with that idea the first uh Sets up a poem that's a sentence long. The second, that's this one, sets up a poem that's one word uh, long, and that word is no. And the third, which is the last poem of the book, um, sets up a poem composed of no words at all. Like literally, you just you read the title and you fall into the, the blank space of um, the page below with no guidance, with 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 no language there um, to support that movement, to support that fall. Really, right?
0: And that, that uh, one feels almost concrete. Where this one feels, you know, I mean, there's certainly an experiment to it, but, you know, I didn't feel like it it doesn't work. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I feel like I would talk myself out of writing a one word poem just out of sheer, like, you know, oh, I know this is, this is going to be too, you know, I can't even think of the word to describe it. But, you know, whatever, like, you know, too obvious, but you did not do that so no uh incredible feat <laughs> here <laughs> yeah
2: well and i think it's here's the thing what's cool about poetry sometimes you've got a, a single word or a single line right that suggests all these other words and lines in people's minds and so this question in the title which um the vast plane of night i'm borrowing from this gorgeous line from ann carson but the question that i i centered in you know have we made it across the vast plane of night um you know Result in this single uh, word answer, no, but it also suggest keep going. Let's keep going. Let's see what's on the other side, right? There are all these, I don't know, there are all these places you can then go and the reader can then participate or interpolate other words, other lines. And that's, that's when it starts to, to crackle. You know, that's, when, that's the sort right. of electricity and exchange that I um, come to poetry for and want to create the possibilities um, for readers experiencing in mind.
0: Absolutely, because it could, you know, I read it first as not yet, and there's an optimism to it, of course. And then, of course, it, 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 like you said, it reflects back on the title, so we have to think about Vast plain of Night more so than we have to think about much of anything. And also, of course, like, this, this transition to make it across something, like there's a, yeah, there has to be a, a completion, a success... And, and then the no kind of determines that that's not it. Right. So, you know, as they say, it's all about the journey, but, um, yeah, I, I love it. It's, it was absolutely a joy to see. And then of course, to hear you read it, um, it's almost, it almost is impossible not to, you know, kind of offer up some happiness and a laugh. Let's end talking about, um, still life when all our symptoms seem to have symptoms of their own. You write a lot of still life um, yes. poems. And and I think this one really, really exemplifies that process for you. Just there's so much here that we can unpack.
2: This is as direct a treatment of the illness that SARS-CoV-2 brought on for me and, and would be recognizable to so many people who are getting sick at the same time. Um, it allows me to engage this one line from a book Susan Sontag wrote uh, called um, Illness as Metaphor, mm-hmm. where she says illness is the night side of life, a more onerous citizenship. So this idea that on the night side of things, long is very long um, seemed important. And then really getting down to the level of this individual body and, you know, heart and lungs and um, process. Um, and like any good still life, this one has some flowers, um, do, you know, behaving strangely, not simply moving towards their own decay, but in this case, actually reversing itself, tightening up. Yeah. Protecting um, so yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, this idea that I wanted to get very particular about a single body's experience, even as I wanted to note that that experience was not particular, whether it's SARS-CoV-2 Um, that has everybody at the end praying the same prayer, just, can I get through this? Um, Or, you know, any other range of illnesses or um, disabilities that, that challenge us collectively, there's something very common. And there's something that makes us at our most alone feel like we're not entirely alone. Still life when all our symptoms seem to have symptoms of their own. The dark is very dark. On the night side of things, long as very long. My heart is feathered fire, smallest flying flag. Wings are sad, sad, singing not at all slow. My heart closes in on itself, not unlike a peony, whose own process of becoming has been set back until the open handed flower is tight and green. Like a fist, poor thing is thrumming in this invisible glass case, which is also a frame, where the most contagious are taken, to be alone there all together, praying the same prayer.